Beyond the Touchline. Welcome to the fifth and final episode of EWN Sports Rugby World Cup podcast series, Beyond the Touchline. My name is Michael Pedro. And my name is Ahmed Kaji. Coming up in this episode, we look at the routines and rituals that players have before or during a game to sort of get them into the zone and get them honed in on what needs to be done on game day. Very exciting to see different players having different outlooks when it comes to going into a game. From my side, back in primary school, back in high school, perhaps even university, there wasn't a lot of superstitions that I had or routines that I had. Um, And especially speaking towards rugby, I never played because I wasn't that big physically. I was going to say, let's just be clear about this. You and I are not the biggest men in the world. Um, So all the superstitions we're talking about from a personal perspective have nothing to do with rugby because we could have had all the superstitions in the world and they still wouldn't have helped. Of course not. I'm maybe five foot ten or just bordering on six foot, but um, I do weigh 58 kilograms. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to manage getting hit by anyone above like 80 kilograms head on. Yeah, myself going into contact with like a prop. Rugby players probably like bicep (laughs) curl that with one arm. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to get into the stuff I used to generally do before a match. Um, I think praying was something I just do, just a quick prayer before going into bat or before starting a football match. And then it was go time and just try not to miss any open calls. So <laughs> when, it came, when, when it came to before a match, you were just hoping not to do anything wrong mm. instead of doing anything right. And I think that's the difference between probably myself and all the elite athletes. Yeah, and all the elite athletes still wouldn't miss open mm. goals, just saying. Uh, but for me, my focus was, or I was very keen on cricket, I still am, but during my time in high school and even the first few years of university, uh, when I, whenever I went out to bat, I had this weird thing where I had to tap my bat on the, on the pitch three times and then lift up and, and take my stance and get ready to face the delivery. And it was so bad that if I didn't do it three times, I would actually step back and make the bowler go back to the top of his run-up and do it again. Uh, it didn't happen very often that I didn't do three times, but it, it was something that I used to make myself feel comfortable. Uh, and I was always sort of at the lower end of the batting order, 9, 10, and 11. So I was always very nervous going into bat because you know you're sort of your team's last hope and you don't want to do anything to mess up. Fly halves in particular tend to generally have a lot of rituals uh, during the gameplay just before they take the first kick. Uh, we know uh, when it comes to tennis, Rafa Nadal does a lot with his hair. Um, and then we have Dan Bigger fixing his sleeves, moving yeah. his hair, everything else. I always think that he's doing a bit of a dance with his shoulders, perhaps you think, is in the east of Johannesburg at Nikki Beach <laughs> on a Friday evening. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some interesting ones, especially with the kickers. Johnny Wilkinson always looked like... He was in a in a bit of a squatting position. Uh, Richard Mwanga does like this weird running thing with his hands where he makes like he's running and then goes for a kick. But it's all part of players getting into the zone and honing in on what they need to do and helping them focus. There are players who also don't really do things like that. Uh, one such player is current Springbok lock Franco Moster. I think the only thing I, the only thing I have is uh, drinking a Red Bull and a pre-workout, and that's that. To each his own. I mean, stuff like that never really worked for me. All the energy drinks and and all of that, but clearly it works for him. It's got him into the Springbok World Cup squad. So if it works, it works. Another player who got into the World Cup squad but also won it back in 1995 was Joel Stransky. Uh, 
you know, he just went through certain routines and it was something that he just went through regardless of the match or what the significance or the circumstances uh, of the match that was going in. And to just think that it came down to the way he packed his bag. Well, I had a few. I used to um, always pack my kit bag in exactly the same order. Um, it had to be layered. It had to be certain things in the bottom. Then the next thing, then my towel and then this and then on top was always my boots. And it was always the boots, and, and, and you know, every, to every game you take two or three pairs of boots. So the, the last pair of boots that went in the bag was always the boots I was expecting to wear. You know, sometimes you got to the ground and you, you realize the grass is a bit thicker and you wore different boots. But it was always the boots I was expecting to wear. And then the other two things were, um, were I always put my jersey on last. So I'd have all my kit on, boots strapped up, ready to go, a jersey was on last, and then... And then I always wanted to run onto the field last for some unknown reason. So there's routines during the game, there's routines before the game, and there's routines as players are sort of running out and, and getting ready to go onto the field. I mean, we see Daniel Sturridge, formerly of Liverpool, he always used to go on the field backwards. Uh, and Spoon Corsi has is his own way of walking onto the field that makes him feel comfortable and, and ready to go out there and perform. Probably the only superstition that I have is when I run onto the field is... I have to cross the line with my right foot first. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing, but that's probably the only superstition that I have. So, you know, for those players who don't necessarily have uh, any routines prior to the game, there's also music which tends to generally get people into the zone, whether it be motivational or perhaps rap or hip-hop music. It just seems to sometimes also be another aspect of a player's uh, game routine. Yeah, we always see players, whether it's for rugby, cricket, football, they're always getting off the team bus. And, and when the tunnel cam, if you like, is, is sort of on them as they're exiting the bus, you always see them wearing headphones or earphones. And no doubt there's music playing in the locker rooms before or after a game. And personally, I've always wondered what players are listening to at that time. I know back in high school, uh, we always wondered, you know, how these players get into the zone. And as high school students, it was always a case of singing war cries and trying to get the players amped up. But it seems that players like Brayton Pulsa and Skullpritz had a different approach. You know, you, you automatically get hyped up, uh, you know, that sort of hour, two hours before the game. And that's why most of the boys try and get into that zone of just to try and control the emotion. Uh, and, and, and me, I've, I've been a big 80s fan, you know, for years, and I've always had my 80s music on, and there was some sort of significance for me. At the moment, uh, you won't believe it, I'm, I've got some classical Beethoven music um, actually playing. So it, it's not the typical uh, music you'll listen to before the game, but I like to calm down and focus. Spoon Corsi, being one of the younger players in the team, no disrespect to Skulk Brits, but I doubt a 23-year-old will be listening <laughs> to classical or opera. Uh, but this is what Spoon Corsi listens to before a game. On my playlist before a game is Frank Casino, whole thing. We want the whole thing. It's just very vibey and the message in it, you know, we want the whole thing. We don't want half, we don't want a quarter, the whole thing. You just spoke about our... 23-year-old person shouldn't be listening to classical music. I didn't say shouldn't. I said they probably not. <laughs> I guess I'm part of that probably not uh, aspect. Uh, I'm going to go against you. I'm maybe okay. 24 years old, but I'm a massive Hunt Zimmer fan. So you trust me, if I was going into game day, there's a good chance I'd be listening to a soundtrack from The Dark Knight. Um, you know, speaking towards, you know, before the match routines, there's also the trip into the stadium. I'm sure during your day, you're playing sports. 
you were also you know traveling through whichever cricket stadium or to whichever school you were playing were you all were you at the front of the bus were you at the back of the bus i always tried to go to the back of the bus just because the coaches used to usually sit in front and you never want to be that guy who always sits next to the coach because then everyone else in the team is like okay this is the the coach's favorite. He's going to open the batting and open the bowling and captain and, and, and. Uh, so I always try to move to the back of the bus. And it also gives you a, a little bit more freedom to sort of mess around uh, and try and make fun of some of the the stuff that other guys are doing, maybe on the trip to, to a certain ground. Um, it was, for me, something that I used to do was just joke around with some of my mates at the back. And I think you can't have fun in a bus unless you're sitting at the back anyway. You know, you think now about the Springboks and their ride from the hotel to the stadium. Who do you think would be the back of the bus crew for the Springboks? Uh, perhaps Franz Steins, Kalk Britz, or perhaps I think the general idea is mostly the more experienced players because they've been in the game for so long, literally and figuratively. Well, you mentioned Skulk Brits and Franz Stein. I definitely think they're two of the more chilled out guys in the current Springbok squad. But it seems like in the 2007 squad, uh, the pair that never listened to music was Victor Matfield and Skulk Berger. You get all these guys listening to different mu- uh, music and uh, it was actually funny. Skulk Berger and myself never listened to music. We were always sitting in the back of the bus chatting while listening to what the other guys were listening. Um, Bucky Schuert was always listening to Evan Essence, uh, a dark Cronier uh, sometimes listen to Mike Wimson with his own machine and you think how can this motivate you and get some other guys that really play hard rock music so it was always interesting to listen to the different guys listening to different music well you've heard from a number of players there how they try and get themselves into the zone and get themselves ready for for a big match like many of these matches at the rugby world cup will be so tell us your pre-match routines in the comments below yeah and we also wish the springboks the best of luck heading into their match against new zealand you can follow all the action on ewn.co.za and at ewn sport on twitter don't forget to interact with us hashtag ewn beyond the touchline Beyond the Touchline, brought to you by EWN Sports.